right, guys. Thanks for returning back to the Excuse Me podcast. I am Vicki Guerrero, your host, and I am so happy to introduce the third and final guest of WrestleK 2021. Uh, Mr. Brian Myers is such a good friend. We go way back in WWE when we were together in La Familia. He is a pro wrestler, a dad, a husband. He uh, runs his own podcast, and he also has his own pro wrestling academy school. So grab a snack, get a beverage. I am honored to have this man on my show. Please enjoy the episode with Mr. Brian Myers. Calm down. Be with them and be in the moment and, and be that, that I can because I know I'm going to miss out on things automatically by being on the road wrestling. It almost feels selfish, but it's what we're doing to provide for them. You know? yeah. Luckily, it's something that we love to do, so it leads to a very happy and fulfilling life. So. I just keep that train train going, you know. I think we all kind of get it. You know, they're very supportive. I'm very lucky. That's awesome. So let's talk about some familiar times between you and I. Well, uh, <laughs> <we> <laughs> familiar. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a crazy time in WWE because we all talked about Edge and I working together. But you guys had a huge um, impact with being La Familia. It was you and Zack Ryder and and um, Chavo? Yeah, Chavo. Bam, Bam Neely for like ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> How was your experience being with Black Media? I, I, it was life changing because, I mean, Matt and I were uh, 23, I think, when we met you. You know, I feel like an old man now, so, but that's how young we were when we met. You were the edgeheads. Yeah. And um, I don't want to say our careers were fledgling, but they were not going so well. You know, there was really not much going on for us. And we had this crazy idea to be with, paired up with Edge just because we looked like them. That was really it. That was the whole basis of it. There was nothing else to release. <laughs> Stand on, and we went to Michael Hayes and said, Hey, like, this is our idea. And he was like, Well, Michael's not always that receptive, but he actually was. He's like, Well, that's a great idea. He's like, Well, you can't just be with it. Just be with it. So then we, you know, we wrote it up, and then, and then again, he was like, Okay, this is good, actually. And then, bless Adam Copeland's heart. He did not know Matt and I from Hello and Goodbye Guys at Baby Song Catering. And I wrote him an email and said, Hey, can you just please take a look at this. And he gave it the okay, and it literally changed my life. So that, you know, 22, 23, Matt and I are, we've gone from the, the back of catering to on every single show and in the main event, working with Undertaker and Ray Mysterio and Kane and like doing crazy, crazy things again. This unbelievable once in a lifetime learning experience too at the same time. You know, I also growing up with kids. So it, it was surreal. And then when I was taken with you and all that was the pre tapes and stuff, which is such a big, aspect of the business you know and like we're, we're being thrust into it in the matches and things like that so it was like we're learning on every end of the spectrum which is so cool i i mean i was scared because that was like my first storyline ever since starting the WWE. you know when after eddie passed to be able to be with not only edge but then chavo and then you guys i mean there was a lot of pressure because oh, yeah. we were we were on tv every week oh yeah there's that one the wedding episode where Every single segment of SmackDown. Yeah, I know. It's not a segment we're not on. I mean, you were so sweet to even like when I was like, you know, being carried down with the wheelchair. Yeah, I would take my wheelchair, put it in the ring, and then I would walk up the stairs. And, you know, I, hopefully people had compassion about me, but you they, guys are so gracious. Yeah. <laughs> that, honestly, in our time together, that was the number one question I always got. And I think it's such a testament to how great you were at that. And also, like you're saying, just being thrown into something that you're not used to doing. 
I'm a WWE superstar traveling the world, you know, hand in hand with Edge. You know, I meet somebody, the first thing they would ask was, oh my God, that figure grows so mean. <laughs> and I'm like, if you only knew, she's like, one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met in my life. And that's incredible, like, how good you were at that role, you know, it really says something. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, okay, so you uh, work with Pat Buck and you opened up your own Creative Pro Wrestling Academy, correct? How's, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, so Creative Pro Wrestling opened in 2014. And uh, really, I always say this, it came from kind of a selfish place. Like WWE, I got hurt, and then my travel never was, like, consistent. Like, I'd be off for a month, and they'd randomly call me, you're needed raw. And, like, I just didn't like it. And I'm, I'm such a – I just love wrestling so much. I was such a student of the game. I wanted to be in the ring. And I was going to all these different wrestling schools. It was such a pain in the ass. And finally, like, at a diner when I was talking to Pat Buck, and I said, hey, what if, what if we just opened a wrestling school? And I was like, that'd be great, because then I have, like, my own playground. I don't give a shit. You know, like, thank God. <laughs> So it came from a very selfish place, but what came of it has been unbelievable. You know, we have uh, this guy called MJF. Have you guys heard of him? <laughs> well, yeah, so I, we trained him from scratch. We trained Chris Statlander. I always like to say the better Max that came from Creative Pro is Max Caster, Platinum Max. <laughs> A lot of people saw Mark Sterling, uh, Bear Bronson, like the list goes on. People are really starting to get out there and do their thing. And it's like, you know, it's really grown. It's, it's never been like a money thing for me because that's not where it came from. It was like, ooh, make some money over the rest of school. It's not about that. If you have a bad attitude or something, or you just don't remember the interest, or even I just don't think it's really for you, I just feel like, oh, they should go. You don't really belong here because we have just such a tight uh, unit of camaraderie and people just love pro wrestling and that's what's made it so successful. So what, what, how are you instrumental there? And are you going there like on a weekly basis and are you actually teaching? Yeah, I, I guess that's probably another thing that makes it very unique. You know, in that time, like I've had a whole other run with WWE. I'm active, you know, I'm signed with Impact now and active on the Indies. So like, I know a lot of like wrestling schools are guys who have been out of the ring and they're kind of just pointing and showing things, you know, from the outside. I'm in there like taking bumps that I probably should not be doing at this point. <laughs> Very insane things like showing guys, but it's just, I get so into it and so passionate just into that. But there's days where I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm getting in there and taking a bump today or whatever. The next thing I know, I'm soaking wet with sweat and I've done like backdrops or something stupid. I'm like, okay. It's just this is what it is. You know, you get carried away and it's so fun. And like I said, everyone we keep around us is so like-minded and passionate about it. And I've always said wrestling is so unique and so to itself. There's nothing else in the world like professional wrestling. So if you don't love it, like deep within your heart, it's probably not going to work out for you. Yeah. Because you got to give it everything you got to make it possible. And I think that goes back to even like after I finished WWE, uh, you do indie shows. And if you don't love it that much and you perform for an audience of like 50 people, if you're not loving it with 50 people, you're not going to appreciate it with 10,000 people or even higher than that. So that's where you you can see the love that people have. Oh, for sure. It's, we call it the, it's an eco check. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, people don't like that, that lonely virtual moment at the table. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's like, hey, man, <laughs> that's what this is, man. That's what you signed up for, pal. Like, that's, you got to love wrestling from the highs and the lows and everything in between. And, and wrestling comes in all shapes and sizes, man. It comes in, you know, giant, you know, NFL-sized stadiums, and it comes with a little, you know, mom and pop BFWs, too. I, I love it all, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I think my first lesson I learned to do an indie show is that you bring your own water and food. Because it wasn't like WWE at catering. You know, the, one of the girls that I forgot what show was, they're like, where's the catering at? And I'm like, we don't have catering here. You need to go get food. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different. Totally, yeah. It's a humbling experience, too. Yeah. 
Um, so where is it located at and how is it that y'all, what's the process of filtering which students you're going to take in and how big are your classes? Um, so schools in Hicksville, Long Island, where I'm from, Long Island, so uh, very nice, nice commute for me. Um, I teach every Thursday night, Pat Buck has a class, so Pat Buck is also, I was, was going to say, he's kind of, he's a WWE producer now, like he's actually down the road at uh, SmackDown, <laughs> working backstage, so we got a really good thing going on, Max Gaster fills it from time to time with, you know, brother road or whatever. Um, and really, like I said, it's never been about money thing for me. So most times people come, unless I can tell, like, okay, like, MJF's dad basically dropped them off one day and was like, he's your problem now. And I knew, <laughs> but there was, I knew that, like, he wanted to be a wrestler. Like, he knew what he was getting into. You know, people just think it's fake. And so he's, you know, it was daddy's, there's a guy who won't be able to wrestle. Like, come on. So I would say, just sit and watch a class, maybe, before you give me your money and decide what you want to do and kind of, you know, really change your life. So that, that, that's always my first advice. And then it's just like any other gym, like you show up, I'm gonna show up, you put in the work, you're gonna get better, you're gonna learn. If you don't show up, you know, as a regular gym, you're, you're not gonna get muscles, you're not gonna get into shape. It's the same idea, you know, you gotta put in the hard work. With MJF, did you guys teach him how to do promos? Because I'm a fan of MJF. I mean, when I sit and watch him, I'm like entertained by how he just brings the audience in, you know, with his heel character. Did you guys, Give them the ins and outs of doing a promo. So we do, we do do promo classes and stuff. And uh, I'll never forget the first time he did one. I mean, he went after like Punk kind of said to his best week, the low hanging fruit. He picked like the the easiest target student in the class and just decimated this kid. It was his first time, and I was like, okay, there's something to this guy. Like it was, he had that from like day one. So what I'm trying to say is he's naturally an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so you also have a podcast too, yes. which I haven't been asked to be on yet. You got a lot of awesome action figures. Yeah, it's easy conversation. Do you do you collect my action figures? Yes, don't lie. You're I have the one, yeah, the one, you're the one Jax from the two back of the edge. It's your first one. Yeah, and I have one uh, Mattel with the cougar necklace. Oh my god! Yeah. So your podcast is called Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, yes. and it's you, Zach Ryder, and Mark, uh, Smart Mark Sterling. Yes. Um, how long has that been running for? Uh, a little over three years now. So basically, um, Mac Cardone and I, we started the business together. We started wrestling school. We met when we were eighteen, and literally, people were like, you know, the same height and have the same haircut. You're a tag team, and we've been stuck together since. So, <laughs> you know, we're late thirties now. Um, and he basically was like, we should start a podcast about wrestling figures. And I was like, everyone has a, a podcast. I don't really want to do it. He bugged me and bugged me. And then I was like, you know what? We're literally sitting in the car talking about this shit anyway. Let's, <laughs> let's record it and see what happens. And it's changed my life. It's been unbelievable. Like I always say, when we came up, it wasn't, we were kind of like in our, cl our closets of our fandom, you know? We didn't, it wasn't like okay to be there and be in the locker room and be like, Bob Holly, I picked up your action figure this week. <laughs> it really wouldn't have went over so well, you know, you're scared to do things like that. So in time, it's become a lot more acceptable. I think through our show, I think our fans have been like, oh, I freaking like wrestling figures too. And I was a little nervous about telling people too, but we've like completely flipped that on its head. Like, you know what? Collecting is cool. It's a fun hobby. And trust me, it's far worse shit you could be doing than collecting wrestling figures. It's harmless, it's fun, and the show has just taken off because we just have let everyone into our lives, you know, the craziness. 
But you know, during WWE, everyone laughed at you guys because you were on the internet trying to get like the content, the likes. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, we're, we're gonna make we're gonna make a big deal of being on the yeah. internet. And we were like, that's not even like that's we, not even possible. We tried to give the show to WWE, they didn't get it. And they were like, you you had up up down down with Xavier Woods, which is the video game space that makes this company a lot of money. This is the same exact thing with wrestling figures. And like, we basically told to shut the fuck up. So we just did it on our own. And thank the wrestling gods because they would have owned it today. And it's, it's my baby. And it's, it's it's so special to me. And the fans that listen to it and they know. And it's an unbelievable thing. So I'm so grateful for it. So I was watching some of your episodes and you showed a room that has all of your, not even all of your um, collect, collection. How many, how many figures do you have in all? I, I can't uh, put a number on it. No idea. That's, that's too bad. Yeah, I have no clue. I mean, because in your room you have like cabinets and you have, yeah. I mean, rings and I mean, because there's there's just all different kind of levels of collecting. Like there's certain things that I had when I was a kid. You know, like there was a figure. Like to me, that was like the gateway to pro wrestling for me. Like how I got into it in the first place. So those are completely sentimental. Like I, I love them. And, the modern day stuff from like Mattel and Jazzwares is so amazing. It's like art, you know, then I love those for another reason because they're so uh, well done, you know. So it's collecting is cool because there's no rules. It's like you like what you like and you just go for it and so have fun with it. Are you, are you buying all those figures or you get, I know you work with ringside collectibles. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's a mixed bag. So it's it like, you know, the modern day stuff, very easy people want. They want to send it to Matt and I open and we're influencers. And that way you can see it and we can make a video and everyone's happy. But then some of the vices and things we collect, like Matt's really into what we call pre-production stuff. So stuff that's to what's being made, you know, the prototype to make the figure in the first place. So there's only a handful of these that even exist. Sometimes they're one of ones and things like that. He loves stuff like that. I've been collecting WWF Hasbro's autograph which is like at least 60, 70 pieces. And a lot of those guys are unfortunately deceased. So I've been trying to like cut side deals with other collectors that have it. You know, who knows how many signed Andre the Giants are in the world. Like, I, don't, I doubt there's less than five, you know? Yeah. If this is a collection I'll be collecting the rest of my life. And I'm pretty deep into it. So, but it's fun for me, you know? So the room looks like it's like a, a big toy room. Do your girls like go into your room and like, are they allowed to go in there or is it hands off? Uh, uh, they've been they've been good so far. So my um, my oldest is like four and a half, and my youngest is one and a half. And like the other day, my I, so I, I don't call it a man cave. I think that term is gonna wait. I call it my playroom. And <laughs> like my wife and I were in the kitchen the other day, and we heard like my oldest saying like Madison, that's Dada's guys. They're delicate. And we really heard him using word in our life. So, like, they're catching on. They kind of get it a little bit. What I really want to do is put over like one of my toys and be like, oh wow, Dad has a figure and they could care less right now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to make that happen. That would like really make me excited. What was your very first figure that you collected that, that got you stuck on collecting? <clears throat> in my mind, my memories of wrestling go like hand in hand with WWF Hasbro Series One and WrestleMania Six, so like 1990. And like I got those and saw that show like. It felt like the same time I got that VHS from a mom and pop, you know, video store. And I just have been in love and obsessed with wrestling ever since. That's awesome. Um, and what, what figure have you not been able to collect yet? It's those autographs of like deceased guys, unfortunately. Oh. I can't, can't get, I mean, <laughs> that, that could be a like I said, like Andre the Giant, that figure comes out in 1990, he passed in 93. So how many times, you know, there wasn't amazing conventions like this. You know, how many times is he signing that? You know, what the off chance that a fan? And that wasn't even a thing to do to get a figure signed back then. 
or like my holy grail because I love him so much as a kid is Texas Tornado. He, that figure comes out, I think, in like 92 and he passes in 93, like it's barely a year to get that signed. Like, and like I said, there's no conventions, there are cool ways to meet him. So does an autograph one even exist? I don't know, but I'll be looking for it forever. So That's it's kind awesome. of fun for me. So let's talk about um, tonight because uh, you were taking off impact uh, for the, the, the pay-per-view because of an injury, but it's actually due to COVID. Yes. And so tonight, you want to tell them what's going on? I will not be participating in the match tonight, folks. I just got out of quarantine. I wanted to be here to meet everyone. You know, I'm healthy. But I just didn't think it would be the best thing to do, or nor did I think I'd be giving my best possible performance. So I thought everyone deserved a little better than that. It was just the right thing to do. Plus, I missed, like you said, I missed Impact last week. I missed old TVs and stuff. So it's unfortunate. I'm, I'm vaccinated, and my wife's vaccinated. We both got COVID and got it. Like, when we were sick, and I was shocked at actually how sick we were. So I just want to be transparent with everybody about that. So be safe, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Gary Nemo's my boy. He's the man I work for him at least four times a year. And I'll kick Dave Richard's ass at some point in the line for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anybody have any QA for Brian? Can we ask a question? Here you go. It's... You run the show, Vic. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, someone have a mic. Where's Steve at? Oh, Bob, you want to do it? Okay. Do something, Bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not the room set. It's just me. Yeah. What's your name from? My name is Danny. I'm from Northern Virginia, about an hour and a half by the way. Dave Fairbrother, I watch you guys a thousand times put on your board. I have a work about the ground, like five, six, seven, eight. Hell yeah. If I can find the wall, I'll raise a little bit of um, My question is. You said you got started like in like 91, but I'm not into that. But what got you back into it? And if you're back in like 13, 14, 11, wrong road with that. So that's what I was like, goes back to what I was saying. We were in like our action figure closets. We never stopped. We never stopped. We just, we, it was, and it was also, I didn't tell the story, but when Matt and I met at wrestling school, we were like a little confrontational because we were so similar. So we felt like a little bit of like a unspoken rivalry, you know, like competition. And then the thing that broke the ice was that we somehow realized that each other collected the wrestling figures. And we're like, okay, you're 18, you play with the wrestling figures too, me too, okay. And that was kind of a pretty decent icebreaker that got us you know, going. So we never stopped uh, collecting ever. We just weren't so outspoken about it. You know? I, I love to use this example too. 40 year old version of a movie that came out, I believe, in 2005. The premise of this movie is that this man is unfuckable because he collects action figures, right? The entire. Movie based on this. Whereas now, if you tried to make that movie, it wouldn't work because people would see his collection and be like, "Holy shit, this is a nice portfolio!" Here. Like, oh my god, that's a pretty amazing stuff. You know. So we, I, I feel like I'm not taking bullcrap for that. Absolutely not. But I think Matt and I have done a small part to be like, "Hey, it's okay to like what you like and celebrate it." Thank you, man. Yeah, my name's uh, Will, and I wanted to ask, which is your favorite action figure that you own? Um, I, I don't have like a real sexy answer for this. My um, my favorite action figure is the ECW Series One Chris Candido because it's this is only action figure. He's my all-time favorite wrestler. Um, I trained with him my first time ever getting in a ring when I was eighteen. 
was in wrestling school, long story, that was open for a day. It was Chris Candido, Balls Mahoney, and I had the time of life. It was like literally my childhood dream come true. So for that reason, I'll say Chris Candido. No gimmicks needed. Yeah. I'm from New York too, both from Deer Park, Green Road area. You might have seen the University Connection. I know you know that place pretty well. Just want to tell you that um, as a younger guy, I saw you when you first came up, you first started wrestling in New York, and you're amazing then. Um, and you're amazing now when you're doing great things. One thing I can tell you, thank you for all you do for the business. Um, Shane says hi, by the way. Thanks, Shane Wayne. Hell yeah. <laughs> thank you, dude. All right, one more. One more, guys. All right, come on. Okay, my question for you, uh, G. Kirk, is <laughs> he listens to them. I, I had to say one time. Uh, but you mentioned that up, up, down, down is a huge jump in money breaker. Was, was it their idea or your and Zach's idea to do the whole figure it out mini series? Um, so that was brought to us by like a guy that we befriended that worked in the digital department. He basically was like, I'll film this. If you guys do it, sure. And uh, we did it, and like we would literally spend our free time and money to make this show. <laughs> and uh, once it was edited up, I thought it was a pretty fun little thing. And like people were enjoying it. They never advertised it, never spoke of it. We never got paid for it. Like God forbid, we never got reimbursed for any of the outlandish purchases that were made on that show. And then we we're like, well, there's something here. Like people are enjoying this, so we wrote what we thought was like a very professional email to people that work for. The WWE Network at the time is pre-Peacock, obviously. And we got back kind of like a scathing email of like, this is not up to our standards, blah, blah, blah. So we'll never be on the network. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, okay, we tried. It is what it is. On to the next thing. And then like months later, it just one day there's a tweet. Watch, figure it out on the WWE Network. We're like, what? <laughs> so that's how lost the communication all that was. Like we tried. Wow. And like I said, you know, everything happens for a reason. It fell in deaf ears. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and they fired whatever 40 of us that one day or whatever that first one was. And however many since, it was such a blessing in disguise for me, Matt, because we wouldn't own this anymore. And we put our like life into it. It's been our passion. It's been so important to us. And we're all got taken away. And it all happened for a reason. So I don't have any, you know, resentment or bitterness, you know, but that's what happened. It's kind of it's a crazy story. Yeah. What, what are your future um, appearances coming up? Do you have any shows that are coming up that everyone can look out for? Um, so next weekend I'm in Wisconsin for my, one of my best friends, Warren Squabble, has a promotion. Good old Oshkosh. And uh, I actually, like, his best friend is an indie worker in a great town named Joey Avalon. And it's my, like, bitter enemy when I go work for him. And we're having, like, a best of three. And this one's going to be a hardcore match. And I'm really looking forward to that, actually, because... Like I said, if you love this business, you love all things about it. And yeah. like, you know, every once in a while it's fun to, you know, go to a table and get crazy. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's amazing. So where can people follow you and find you on the internet? Oh my god. All right, let's see. Impact Wrestling Access TV on Thursday nights. I'm kind of a big deal on that show. The major <laughs> wrestling figure podcast. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, it comes out every Friday. Give us a chance. I know some people are like, oh, I really like wrestling figures. Sometimes they listen to the show and go, well, there's a lot more to the show that meets the eye. Um, through that, we've launched the entire podcast network. We have a show about wrestling training cards and wrestling video games. And wow. I put out, um, that's going to drop December 1st, the entire season for free. It's called Extreme Conversations with Brian Myers, and that's my basically my passion project, all about ECW. Uh, so several episodes will drop 
a separate person the whole season. It's me. It's a over a year to make. It's me interviewing all you know twenty CW alumni wow. on several different topics and stuff. Something I was just very passionate about and I wanted to do. Uh, so that. What's great pro wrestling is nonstop. I mean, I just. I can't say enough, guys. I love pro wrestling. I'm so glad to be here this week. I'm so glad to be up here. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be signing all day tomorrow. Somewhere here. Uh, maybe with Gallows in a little bit. I don't know what's going on, but you can find me. I'll be here. All right. Thank you, Brian. Everyone, give it Thank you, Brian, for your incredible story and sharing it, your stories and your experiences and all your accomplishments with the audience at WrestleCade. Thank you, WrestleCade, for being such a great host. Thank you, Gary Damron and Steve New from ASW Wrestling. Also, um, thank you to uh, Rick Whitney and Skip, who are my managers, and they have scheduled this whole incredible weekend for me to be at WrestleCade with my podcast. Guys, please like. Click, subscribe, comment, download, spread the word about my podcast to your family and friends. Without you guys, I can't be doing this because season three is going so incredibly well. And I'm so blessed and thankful. And thank you to all of you. Um, it's Christmas time, guys. I hope that everyone is around family and friends and that all of you are blessed and that y'all are able to just receive happiness and love and blessings for the Christmas season. Take care of one another, hug each other, and I'll see you next week. Excuse me!